Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. The Warriors now have a two games to zero lead over the Denver Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets 126 to 106, pretty much smacked them. And I can really get used to the way this team is playing right now. I'll be honest, at the start of this game, I thought that maybe, maybe, you know, this is my old school Warriors pessimism. I thought maybe that the Warriors would be a little bit overconfident and that the refs would be overcompensating maybe and that Nikola Jokic would be getting more calls and it would be a closer game. Well, it started out that way, right? Like Jokic got two quick fouls on Kavon Looney in like a minute and a half and he had four free throws. So it was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to go. But again, just like game one, it was a little bit of a war of attrition with the Warriors just kind of plugging away, playing their game, playing their game. And even though Denver got up by 12 in the second quarter, as the Warriors just continued to control the tempo and hit shots and dictate the pace, it became their game. <laughs> they just ran away with it, right? Now, I don't even know where to start. Jordan Poole, the guy is a revelation, and he is kind of just like Steph Curry light, you know, if you want to call it that. His shot making is unbelievable right now. Some of those, I've never really seen anybody hit shots like that in a Warriors uniform besides Steph. That one where he had DeMarcus Cousins on the right side and he drove baseline and then did the step back, like two huge steps to get to the corner behind the three-point line and just fading away, hit the three. I mean, that's a really, really, really difficult shot. I keep waiting for Jordan Poole to go cold, right? During the season, he had a bunch of cold streaks, but right now he is just nailing everything and playing with a ton of confidence. Poole played 34 minutes, 10 for 16 from the field, 5 for 10 from 3, hit all four of his free throws, 5 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, 29 points. I mean, that is an insane line for a 22-year-old in the playoffs for the first time ever, you know? Like, the confidence that that guy came into the league with and the humility that he had (laughs) to actually put in the work and then to come out firing with all these vets and everything. I mean, bottom line is Jordan Poole is cut from the same cloth as Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you know? Like, he just is. And at his age... (laughs) He's doing it so early in his career and the fact that he feels comfortable and that the vets have given him that vote of confidence, that green light to be that guy, it's it's shocking. It's like he loves the big moments, as I've said, he's not afraid and other teams are going to have to deal with this, right? Because the slow start is partly because, you know, when you start Draymond Green and Kevon Looney, the offense isn't really there, but... Once you insert Steph into that lineup with Poole, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond, then it's a whole other story, right? I mean, basically, you're swapping in Steph and Curry for Kevon Looney. I know there's other substitutions that happened before that lineup gets on the court, but the crazy thing to me is that this is just starting. We've talked about all season just wanting to see these guys healthy and wanting to see how good they could be. 
right? I've talked about that, about the whole roster from top to bottom. But as the season has gone on, getting a glimpse of Poole playing with Steph and Draymond and then getting a glimpse of Clay playing with Steph and then getting a glimpse of Clay playing with Draymond and Jordan Poole in the starting lineup. And now you're getting all that now. So this game, it took me actually a little bit longer than usual to finish this because I kept rewinding because there were some really, really like memorable plays, like things that they're going to show in highlight reels for years to come, you know, especially if this is the start of something special with Jordan Poole and the trajectory of his career. That third quarter was vintage Golden State Warriors dynasty basketball right there. The ball was moving. The defense couldn't keep up with them. And they were just hitting shots, hitting crazy shots, getting the crowd involved. All of a sudden, I flashed back to a couple things, right? I flashed back to the play-in games last year when it was basically just Steph and then a little bit of Jordan Poole off the bench and some Andrew Wiggins. And then that's it, right? (laughs) And, you know, everybody talking about how Steph's window is closing, right? But then all of a sudden, you fast forward to now and look how many guys are on the court. You know, I'm not getting into like a discussion about how much help Steph has or anything, but like top to bottom, this team is very, very good. We knew it was going to be very, very good, but we didn't get a chance to see how great it could be. And I think we're starting to see that, you know, of course, this is just against one team and other teams are going to scheme and plan for this particular lineup because it will have its flaws against a better, fuller team, right? If Jamal Murray was out there, if Michael Porter Jr. was out there, then it'd be maybe a little bit of a different story on the defensive end. But right now, like the Monty Morrises of the world, the Austin Rivers of the world, and Warriors killer Will Barton, you don't worry about them as much, right? So there will be bumps, I'm sure. But as this team continues to play, as these guys continue to get minutes on the court together, then it's like, hey, wow. this is something special, right? Because, and I've talked about this a little bit before too. It's like, we've seen Poole develop chemistry with Draymond and Curry at the beginning of the season. And then when Steph went out, Poole and then Clay and then Draymond, who had just come back from injury, those guys very much developed chemistry. And you're seeing that right now. You know, that's why we like to say that some of those games in the last month of the season, you want to win, but it's really about how they play, how they put effort on the court. And if they're really improving and developing and getting those reps together. And it seems like they have. Aram in Toronto texted me. He said, the thing about Steph coming in with a second unit or as a sub is like, he's playing against a lot of second unit guys. And second unit guys on a team that's a little bit depleted to begin with. So like, you know, basically that's like barbecue chicken. You know what I mean? Like Shaq says. And Steph only played 23 minutes, was 12 for 17, 5 for 10 from three, missed two technicals, but hit five of his seven free throws, three boards, four assists, 34 points, plus 32. Yikes. Like (laughs) Steph's shooting slump seems to be over. Right. He had that shooting slump for a lot of 2022. And, you know, he had some rust in game one, but he looked like regular Steph 
in this one. It helps when you have Clay and Poole out there who are also drawing a lot of attention, but it's just, you know, pick your poison, you know? That's a cliche a lot of times, but literally it does very much feel that way. And the Warriors, they had Denver obviously really, really frustrated. Jokic got ejected and they just looked frustrated, disheartened, and the Warriors are doing what they're supposed to do. They're taking the Nuggets' souls, right? <laughs> they're taking their hearts. They're just ripping it out of their chests. And that comes from experience, to be honest. These guys have been through it, and they know just to keep coming and coming and coming. And the way Draymond, again, played Nikola Jokic, very impressive, you know? Like, he's playing him really physically, playing him smartly. And right now, he's getting away with some stuff. We'll see if that happens in Denver, to be honest, because, you know, a lot of those calls, it's just... There is contact, but it's just a question of how the referee crew is calling that night. I thought it was going to be a rough one this evening, but then they started letting the Warriors play a little bit. And, you know, (laughs) Draymond was doing his Draymond thing. It seems like they weren't letting the Warriors wrap up Jokic. Sometimes in the post, they'll like wrap an arm around him. And I think those were some of the calls that Looney got early, but you know, they weren't letting them do that or grab his jersey or anything. That's something that Mike Malone had mentioned after game one. But Draymond was still like, you know, putting his hands up, kind of leaning in a little bit. And he knows what Jokic is going to do. So he puts his hands up. And then when he goes up for the shot, he gets the contact. But then he kind of pulls back a little bit. And it's like, hey, I'm straight up, you know. And I think that's actually the kind of play that Jokic got really mad at and got his first technical for. Actually, I think that was his ejection, his second technical. But again, we'll see how it goes in game three on Thursday. I think that the Warriors have a huge opportunity just to really, really just seal the deal on this one. And the great thing, you know, I mean, it may or may not happen, but if you trust anybody to understand how important it is to just put their boots on the throats of the Denver Nuggets, it's these guys. Right, Because not only have Steph, Clay, Draymond, not only have they been there, but they're older now and they know that they want to control the series and not let Denver get a chance to really think that they're back in it, you know? So I look to them to try to steal that game three in Denver. But as they say, a series doesn't really begin until a home team loses. So... The Warriors, they held home court technically, and now it's their turn to go into Denver and try to snag one and really, really, really put the Nuggets in the hole in terms of the series, in terms of their emotions, in terms of just their overall mindsets. You know, when I was rewinding a bunch of these amazing Warriors plays in the third quarter, part of it was to see the play again, but I tend to watch a lot of the reactions from the other players, right? To see how they react when Poole hits a big shot, when Curry drives to the basket and hits a crazy layup, or when Clay goes back door, you know, and burns them. And you could see that Denver, their shoulders were slumping. Obviously, they were arguing. There was that DeMarcus Cousins, Will Barton, dust up, argument, whatever. But overall, there was a lot of just like, what's happening? 
And you love to see that as a Warriors player, I'm sure. And especially as a fan, because I mean, we've seen that with other teams, right? (laughs) When the Warriors used to just brutalize, mentally brutalize other teams because they just could not stop them. And if you are some of these Warriors vets, Steph, Dre, Clay, even Andre Godala, who didn't suit up tonight because of a sore neck, then you see that and you take advantage of that. So not making any predictions about game three, but I look for the Warriors to really, really, really try to just, you know, grab these guys by the throat. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings King Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Much respect again to Andrew Wiggins. He played 31 minutes, was five for nine from the field, two for three from three, only one for three from the free throw line. Eight boards, two assists, plus 24, 13 points. Now, I said in the last episode that we were getting average Wiggins, and he was doing a great job of being that and picking and choosing his spots and playing defense and getting rebounds. He had nine game one, eight in this one. And, you know, he is the fourth option on offense. But you can see in the flow that he's finding his, right? Because there's so much, especially in that yet to be named, yet to be nicknamed lineup, I guess, of him, Steph, Clay, Poole, and Draymond. There's so much attention being paid to the other guys that he's getting dudes one-on-one. And, you know, in the flow of the offense, he pulls up, hits a jumper, or gets an open three, like wide open three. And he attacks the basket because the defense is getting bent out of shape. It's Denver defense. I mean, they're getting tired and they're frustrated. And when you're frustrated, you're not you're not paying attention to details. There was one play, I believe it was Andrew Wiggins. I think this was actually the play where Nikola Jokic got his first technical. The Nuggets had just made a basket. And then Draymond got the inbounds and he pushed it. He passed it up to Andrew Wiggins and Wiggins had Jokic on him after a made basket. Now, just to clarify, it's like, after you make a basket, you have time to get back on defense and set your defense and pick up your guy. You only get cross-matched on fast breaks and transition usually, right? Because everything happens so quickly, you just pick up somebody closest to you or whatever. And in this case, it's like nobody got back and the only person there was Jokic and Andrew Wiggins took a step back and then took Jokic off the dribble and got fouled. Jokic was mad. He slammed the ball down. He got his first technical. And part of that is just overall frustration from the game. But it's like, are you kidding me? Like he shouldn't have had to guard Wiggins off of a made basket. (laughs) And it's not like Draymond all of a sudden, like looked up and saw Wiggins wide open. It was like, you know, he was pushing the ball a little bit and then he just saw an opening and started running the ball up and the nuggets, they were all over the place. So 
the Warriors have them where they want them. And in game three, if it's something where it's like, oh, here we go again, if they can get that going through the Denver Nuggets' heads, then you're winning that battle. If the Nuggets get out to a decent start in game three, but then the Warriors start pushing and then, you know, that lineup comes in and maybe they take a lead, a decent lead into halftime, the Warriors, then, I mean, the Nuggets, they're going to start having those thoughts and thinking those thoughts, you know? Again, there's no one else on that team that really, really worries you. I'm stunned at how ineffective Aaron Gordon is. I knew he was just kind of a dunker, right? But I never really thought he was just mediocre. I don't know if he's getting paid the max. I think he might be. He, he's getting paid pretty pretty well. He just signed a deal, I believe, in the last year or so. So that's a big zero, right? He He can't defend. He's supposed to be a good defender, but Jordan Poole ran by him twice. Again, Jordan Poole is quicker than him, but... Aaron Gordon also gets lost on defense. He gets lost like staring at the ball. So I have no idea what that guy's going to bring if he's any better when he's in when he's at home. And another thing that this made me think about actually was, you know, when I was seeing Steph on the court and celebrating and hitting <laughs> three-pointers getting fouled and rolling on the ground and getting a four-point play. It's like I flashed back also not just to the playing games last year. I flashed back to 2019 in game six of the finals at Oakland Coliseum at Oracle right after Clay got fouled by Danny Green and tore his ACL. And Steph was just sitting at the other end of the court. He was sitting on the ground with his knees up and his arms around his knees, just like sitting there, kind of incredulous that this was happening and that this is the way the season was ending and maybe the dynasty was ending and whatnot, you know? And a lot of us were just so shell-shocked from that series and that moment that you're like, is it going to get back to where it was ever before? You know? (laughs) And obviously the Warriors have only won two playoff games and it's not like winning the title or anything, but that joy, that beautiful game, that optimism, that feeling that, wow, this is very, very special and unique. You know, not even just like, oh, a special run, but like a special brand of basketball, you know, a special team, a special makeup of players. You know, like that's what it feels like again, kind of a little bit of that magic. Yes, maybe I'm running off of a off of a high of watching this game and rewinding it for a couple hours, but it's satisfying. It just reminds me to very much enjoy this special part of the season, right? Like the regular season is very long. It's kind of a slog, especially towards the end, especially when some of your main guys are out and it's not as smooth or the ball isn't moving as swiftly or as crisply as you would like. But the playoffs is when these guys rise to the occasion. And like I said, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Andre, Jordan Poole. All those dudes cut from the same damn cloth. But yeah, anyway, just enjoy this one and just enjoy the run that these guys are on because we all know it doesn't last forever, right? And it can be taken just like that. Anyway, enjoy a couple of days off and then game three on Thursday. I will check you out 
next time. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and definitely check out our YouTube channel. The link to that will be in the show notes. Be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. If you're so inclined, please do give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and also leave us a nice review on apple podcasts that would be dope and super helpful thanks for listening that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time and go dubs <laughs>